call me Al, you can call me Ed, you just, just fucking call me, why don't you? Everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And this will be the last time you hear from us in 2022. We are not doing a full episode this week, but just kind of like last year, what we did at the end of December is a little bit of a recap, but kind of spicing it up a little bit because this is our Hall of Fame episode. Now, how would one show be inducted into the Hall of Fame. How does that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's not necessarily a simple science here. It's a difficult process, I suppose, because we're not just taking shows that we think are good and putting them into the Hall of Fame, but we have to both agree on it, and it has to be a unanimous agree at the highest level. So shows that have been rated a 10 and nothing lower by both of us are the ones that go into the Hall of Fame. And we made up for a lot of shows that we needed to do last year, and we got the Hall of Fame kind of going. And and this year, we are going to have 10 brand new shows that are getting inducted. And it'll kind of be like a recap of what we did this past year, because all these shows that we're, we're about to talk about happened in 2022 of us covering them on the podcast. And also, we will be inducting two from the Veterans Committee, quote unquote, two shows that happened, episodes that happened in the past that we, for some reason, didn't come to that 10 out of 10 unanimous agreement on. So we will make up for what we did and, and couldn't accomplish back then sometime in this episode. But we got 10 moments to talk about. Let's just bust them out. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello, hello. We, hey uh, now. We made it. It was a year. crazy year. But yeah, if somebody would have told you that all of what transpired this year happened at this point last year what would you have said oh man like i probably would have said like it's it's good that they got through it they soldiered on they didn't like completely give up they did what they had to do and made it work and got through it just like we talked about it was so important at the end of the year in september for them to get through those shows and build some momentum going into next year because like yeah i have those stop and starts and canceling shows which they obviously didn't want to do but they made it through they survived it gave us something to talk about it gave us a lot to talk about and a lot of questions that you guys had that we had that we tried to answer and also for like storyline's sake i really liked the idea of like us putting together some thoughts from what was happening on this tour and some of them came to fruition you know like the one that really sticks out in my mind is the rearview mirror one where rearview mirror was played in in krakow but we were basically putting it on a milk carton you know because 
it, they didn't play it for half their tour, basically. And it was just stuff like that, just like waking up in the morning and having like the Monday morning quarterback type mentality about it of like, okay, well, here's what they could have done here. Here's where they missed out here. Here's what we're thinking about for the next one. And not even that, but all positive stuff here too. Like here's just something that they need to ride on. And not only that, but, you know, going to shows is always a good thing too. And those shows obviously made a very good impression on us. And one of them will even be talked about in this episode. But yeah, I think that overall, that they got through it is probably the most that you can say for this because in 2020 they didn't get through anything and you know now that we're finally at a point where we're able to to go on tour we're able to kind of get this and you know there are always precautions of course what happened in in vegas is is a, a big sign of that that it's not going away necessarily anytime soon but you're still kind of having in the back of your mind having all of that just being readily available to us and having a good 33 shows to look back on is, is something, something pretty important that I think we were, we weren't just missing it. We were almost like down on our hands and knees about to, to, starve to plead. It, yeah. And, yeah. Star for it. Sure. So thankfully it all turned out pretty good in the end. Yeah. I mean, God, all the moments from this past year. I mean, you could have crammed ten years of moments into into one year of all the stuff that happened this year. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was great getting to do like reaction episodes and watching live streams and following set lists and the fantasy league and all that stuff. It was good to get that stuff going again. I love the reaction episodes that we did this year, and I think it kind of made it feel like because nobody else was really doing something like that, especially like instant reaction day after show, you know, morning after you have an episode kind of come out. Nobody else was really doing stuff like that, so it kind of felt like we were kind of taking the the wheel on uh sort of being kind of like a news-friendly outlet and a buzz-friendly outlet, I suppose. So, it made us feel good and and a lot of you reacted to our reaction episodes you know, very positively. So I think that helped and people obviously joined up on Patreon. Thanks to it. So yeah, it was a good year. It was a good year. I will say that, but it was also a good year in podcast form. It was a really good year in podcast form because we had a bunch of episodes that we had set out to do. And, and unlike in past years, we didn't really have like an overall theme for the year. And next year we will, we'll have like a couple kind of swooping in and out, but we didn't have this big grandiose thing like, oh, we're going to cover a Seattle show every month, or we're going around the world and covering a show from every single country and, and continent. We didn't have any of that. We just kind of went off of what you guys wanted through Patreon requests and also, you know, kind of what we were feeling at the point that we were just saying, hey, these shows are from an era that maybe we haven't done yet or that we do very little and trying to get on track of, you know, hitting every base like we like to do. So I think that stood out for me from, uh, from the shows that we covered here is that I I think we basically hit just about everything. Yeah. I mean, we were focusing a lot on, you know, trying to get in these, some of these requests that our patrons have put in. So that kind of sends you all over the place and you're, 
you're hitting some of the more recent stuff. You're hitting some of the older stuff. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were all over the place. We did like, there were a couple of little mini runs that we did that we'll talk about, but, um, yeah, it was just a lot of, a lot of getting people's stories and, and hearing from our patrons. Why don't we go and get into the first show that is inducted into our hall of fame for the class of 2022. And this one might be a surprise to some of you people. And I think it kind of ended up as a surprise to us. But when you listen to the show, it's not really a surprise at all. And this is a show from 2009, you know, a year that is kind of a turning point for a lot of people. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to hear the backspacer stuff. Let's just play, you know, when a 10 song, a versus song comes on, I'm going to get really excited about that. And they were still, you know, mixing up the set list of, of course, but in Berlin in 2009, they did like a couple of one-off shows in Europe before the record came out. And this Berlin show was just out of this world. Good. And it's a show that I, I think it was a request from Patreon. It was a request from, I believe, Vanessa Osmus. And it's one that you can frequently hear on SiriusXM's Channel 22 there. Because you have to think that a lot of what they're playing on that station is probably dictated towards, hey, here's what the band really, really likes. And maybe here's what the station managers really, really like as well. And that seems to be a common occurrence for this show to be on there. So I'm going to guess that this is the this is one that the band just absolutely adored. And and I didn't really kind of go into this going into that one thinking about that, but it still felt like we were covering something important and special, especially with that crowd and that, that those venues over in Berlin are just top notch. Yeah, when I thought of Berlin and Pearl Jam before this, I obviously go to 96, you go to 2010. I think going into this when it wasn't really on my radar, I was like, oh, this could be a a 10 out of 10 show. But yeah, I just remember being blown away listening to it. It really has everything. And the thing that I think separates, that elevates the the 8 and 9 shows to a 10 is the crowd. And this this one is is just unbelievable. It's yeah, going back and looking at this set list, like so many great things. I think a telling thing is like you and I had almost completely different top threes at the end of that, which tells you that there was a lot of really good stuff at this show. The good sign, yeah. So I think what we're gonna do here is play hard to imagine for you guys from the show. And this one was a really good version. And we even talked about it at the time that when we did the evolution for our to imagine, we kind of sidestepped this because we thought, ah, oh, 2009. Yeah. They weren't really doing it all that much. And we, you know, we listened to it, but I don't think that we put a lot of effort into featuring this. And once we did this show, we were like, how could we not? This is one of, and, and now it seems to happen, you know, because they played it a lot this year. Ed would pick up a guitar and start playing on it. And it was just one that felt magical. And you'll hear at the end, like there's a real big surge at the end and push at the end and kind of almost a reprise in a way that Stone is, is strumming his guitar and everything like that. So I won't leave you to wonder any longer. Let's play from Berlin 2009, our first inductee into the Hall of Fame. Let's go with Hard to Imagine right here. Pay 
All right. Hard to imagine from Berlin. And now we're going to get into a couple shows that were part of a series here. We'll start with Den Hog from 1992. We decided to kind of, because it was the 30th anniversary of 1992, we thought that it would be a cool idea to go back and sort of relive some of what they were doing on that tour, especially in the Netherlands, because there were a bunch of shows in the Netherlands, you know, from Tivoli and Den Haag and even the other one that we did in Rotterdam that kind of felt like, you know, Pearl Jam was ascending to the top. And right after they finished those shows, they went on and did Unplugged. But first, we're going to talk about Den Haag here. Just as a show for the ages, it's one that I think we had Brian and Patrick on to talk about the the bootleg and everything like that and the collector aspect of it. So it's one that has been passed along a lot throughout the years and it has some pretty iconic moments in it. You know, Porch is one of probably the earlier versions where Ed's doing something really insane during Porch. Uh, we have a great improv and we also have a 15 minute version of a Beatles song. So yeah. How about, how about this show? This seemed like a pretty instant hall of famer the minute that we got into it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the defining shows of that era, I would say just everything you want from, from 1992. I think it's one of the best oceans of all time at this show, the versions of deep and why go get early on. Very, very good. But yeah, it's it's the same. No incredible version of Porch. You end with "I Got a Feeling," which has you know the "Say Hello to Heaven" tag, "Hunger Strike," even a little bit of "Jane Says," and then the the debut of "Dirty Frank," which we just talked about on the Patreon Evolution episode. Yeah, just just an all timer. I mean, there there was no way that wasn't going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I think the choice here is pretty simple. We don't want to leave you guys with a fifteen minute version of a song. Especially because it gets, uh, it's, it's not a pristine 15 in there, if you know what I mean. It's uh, once Ed's brother joins up the crew. And you need, you need the video to get the full effect, too. Ex- yeah, exactly. So we won't do that, but we will play saying no for you guys because it's one of those one-and-done things that's so random and so unique in their catalog, and it's such a banger of a song that you could say right now, like, how did they not? capitalize off this so that's what we're going to hear right now for the second inductee into the 2022 hall of fame den hog we are going to listen to saying no Says 
When she says stop, you gotta stop when he says go. You still gotta stop when she says stop. You still gotta stop when he says go. You still gotta stop when she says stop. You gotta stop when he says go. You still gotta stop. Okay, so we're going to continue on with 1992 shows here. Coming off of that same run, how can you not put this in the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame was basically built for the show. If you needed a Ty Cobb, if you needed a Babe Ruth, this would be it. This is the most iconic show in Pearl Jam history. And of course, 1992, early 1992, what else could it be? MTV Unplugged is probably the easiest, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer that we've ever covered. Yeah, I mean, hands down. What else do you need to say next? I mean, yeah. It's all (laughs) all been said, just incredible performance after incredible performance. And I I think there are only two options that we can play here, and I feel like... You're thinking dissonant, right? Oh, the the dissonant dissonant moment. Yeah, let's let's get the dissonant moment in there. I think let's go with porch. Cause I remember playing the full version of black on the episode, which we don't do very often. We usually kind of, especially for a song like that, I'll make exceptions, but usually maybe at the end, I'll chop it up a little bit, but we didn't play the full porch in that episode. We played a lot of it, but I think that one needs 
to be added here. And of course, like you mentioned with, I've got a feeling you need the visual aspect uh, for porch, of course, but you know, somebody wants to get on a table and start writing pro choice on their arms. You can feel yeah, free. You go, can go, go, right find a, go find a stool and uh, plank on it for the duration of this. Well, it's a legendary performance. It's a legendary show and it is the third nominee into the 2022 hall of fame. Like I said, it's up there at the top. It's an archetype. If you want to call it that MTV unplugged from March 16th, 1992. Change for it. Yeah, I 
legendary show that was and before we get into the next one we're gonna pause i guess for station identification it's it's we don't have sponsors so i know most of you are probably thinking about that when you're listening to a regular episodes like what what state what station identification are they doing here they're it's not it's 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 just a quote and i like saying it okay i don't have to defend myself on it but we're going to do sort of a similar thing that we uh, usually do during the, the pause for our ID part. And we're just going to take a couple minutes and just thank all of the people that joined up on Patreon. And I want to just say this because last year and, and one of the things that I love doing sort of as a tradition, you do it in, in TV all the time when you have sort of a local news or any sort of TV network that you have all these different people behind the scenes and i've been one of them and you know been proud to be that person and at the end of the year you kind of do like a, a roll call almost and kind of scroll everybody's name down at the end while you play some christmas music or something like that and it's kind of a way to say that you know all these other people that are pas and and uh graphics operators and stuff like that matter too so i always like doing that at the end but there's a problem with that this year and the problem is there's way too many people to thank to take a massive chunk out of the middle of the show and do this so i think it's probably the better idea probably the safer idea if we just said one big thank you to everybody or else we'd be sitting here for a legit 20 minutes saying all these names and I, while I would love to do that for anybody that's just listening to get the Hall of Fame credentialed episodes, then maybe 20 minutes would kind of knock them out a little bit. But really, sincerely from the bottom of our hearts, 
thank you guys for joining in on this. And it's been a very, very good year podcast wise. As we mentioned, the reaction episodes were a huge staple of what we were doing over on Patreon. We released four evolution episodes this year. We were a little light with the 1991 stuff, but that kind of comes with the territory when you kind of lose some time and, and you still need to get out uh, about two hours worth of content every week. So we'll talk about going back to that, that stuff, but thank you guys. And I know a lot of you guys have been listening and paying attention over there and following up on, you know, anytime that we have a vote for a set list draft or something like that. And Hey, there will be more of those to come. So just a big thank you to all 208 of you. And that's even cheapening it a little bit because there are some people that were one month or two month or three month patrons that aren't patrons anymore. That a big shout out deserves to go out to you guys as well. So couldn't have done it without you. Couldn't have done the tour without you guys. So awesome. And thanks for pitching in. Yeah. I mean, getting to 200 was such a, a huge accomplishment for the podcast. Like I never thought we would have, we would get to that, that many patrons. It's just incredible. The amount of support that you guys give. And Randy, if it makes you feel any better, I'm currently scrolling down the list that we have on our thing here, like a TV show. would. um, if you're out there, I am looking at your name as I'm as I'm talking here. So, uh, yeah, thank each and every one of you for your continued support of the podcast. It really does blow us away every single month. Uh, the amount of support that we get and the people that that jump on and, and contribute and and just listen and and be a part of it. You know, if, from every from the, from the people who you know join the Discord and email and post on the podcast community group to the people that just listen every week and just that they make it they make it part of the week and don't interact at all we still appreciate that as well if you're if you're a patron like oh it just means it means so much you know it makes us try to live up to to that and to keep doing more and more and like you said you know we are going to do more of those 91 shows i think we've got one uh that that we we're talking about doing in the next next couple of months but you know we had a tour this year so uh we we spent a lot of time uh we had a lot of time spent towards that and i think that was the reason that a lot of a lot of our patrons joined up so yeah thank you so much hopefully pearl jam can get back on the road this year and we'll uh, just keep getting keep getting better and better as some big name ceo for some big name tv station once said content is king and we just love creating it that's why there's a lot of it out there you know there's nothing nothing more to it than that so you know being that there's over 200 people that want to ingest that content or that just want to help out our cause then you know we're we're more than happy to bring that to you guys and thank you guys once again for just being on board with all this and believing in us We've got about 600, 700 more Pearl Jam shows to cover, so we're not going anywhere. Uh, I think you're cheaping it. It's got to be way more than that, but we'll see. We, we've done about we've done about between 200 and 250. It looks like total shows between yeah. everything. So, and we average uh, about 50 a year, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll be at this for a while, you guys. This is like a life project. So yeah, don't don't feel like you're if you if you're gonna jump on Patreon, don't feel like you're not gonna get your money's worth. We're gonna be doing this for a while. Yeah, you'll be all right. So once again, thank you to everybody. And now let's get it back into the Hall of Fame. Let's let's continue this on here. So this episode actually won a vote. We did this like big long vote 
on Twitter. I think it was just for Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. And it was like a tournament style, put up one show against another and, and uh, see what advances. And, you know, we, I, I think the idea of it was that everybody kind of pitched a show to go on it. And, you know, when we looked at the final list, there was about 16 that I think we, we ultimately put there. Maybe it was 32. I'm not sure. I think it was actually 16. We saw them and we're like, this show needs to win because we haven't done it before. And it just makes total sense for us to do it right now. You know, it's always good to go back to the binaural tour. And there was a great story to tell with this one. And of course, from 2000, Katowice. The second night, that was never really supposed to happen because they were supposed to play in Budapest, but ended up that they played a second night in Katowice and they had less than half the crowd there, but it was a magical, magical experience that everybody has seemed to pick up on bootleg CD since then. It's been the most popular ones from that Ape Man series from that year. Yeah, an an incredible show, I think. Mike describes that show as like they were playing a kegger or something like a half full kind of a place and just calling out requests, calling out songs like, what do you guys want to hear? Let's just play this, scratch that. We're going to play this. One of like the looser shows that they've ever played and that that can lead to something special as you as you saw. A lot of binaural songs were played at this show. A lot of just kind of, you know, older stuff and random stuff and it kind of became a cult classic but the one that we decided that we're going to get into on this since it was the second ever rendition and it was also just not played a lot in 2000 i think they kind of grew into it as they went along on tour but this is the second version and i believe that this was one that was a change on the fly if i'm not mistaken but we're going to get into this version of sleight of hand that is very very good and it's from Katowice. it's our fourth inductee into the 2022 hall of fame sleight of hand here it is for you guys Like a book you read in his sleep And 
All right. The next two shows that we got are going to come from our mini series that we did on vault shows that we hadn't covered yet. And I believe all in all, it featured Missoula. It featured the Bellingham one, and it featured the next two that are going to both be inductees into the hall of fame. It featured the great Western forum from 1998 and Aladdin theater from 1993. They always seem to pick shows like these to kind of get the, the almost like the shrine of the vault almost where most of the, the vault shows have been pretty important in a way and pretty impactful. And, you know, I, I think that great Western forum, I didn't know too much about it before kind of really studying up on, you know, the vault's purpose and everything like that. But this ended up being like, this could be one of the best shows in 1998, if not the best, everything from front to back is like the yield era in its best form. Yeah, I think this is one of the ones where they just decided like, hey, let's just go play all our best songs and and play them really well and see how it how it plays out. I remember this just being a burner, just incredible performance again after incredible performance and not a surprise that it's on this list. Just it's quick. It's, you know, 22 songs. Just it gets in, it gets out. I don't remember there being a bad performance from this night or anything less than stellar. No, but there's one obvious pick that I think we need to play here as the representation of this show, and that is Brandon J, because that was number one on both of our lists. And I believe I said at the time I'm I'm always looking for what the best version of Brain of J is and could be. And I don't think there is a better one than this. This is the best one I've ever heard. And uh, just as we were blown away by it, I think you guys are be about to be blown away by it now if you hadn't heard it before. So our fifth inductee into the 2022 Hall of Fame from the Great Western Forum in Inglewood, California. Here is Brandon J.
right, tacking on to that vault show is going to be the next vault show that made it as a 10 out of 10 unanimous decision to get into the Hall of Fame, and that's the Aladdin Theater show from 1993. This is a good show that had a very early version of Tremor Chris, I believe the debut of Tremor Chris, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was. And yeah, it, it just kind of felt like a microcosm of 1993 that, you know, everything was just at full capacity. You had Dave that was killing it, bombastic hits on every single song. Ed was just, his voice was in fierce, sharp mode. And, and also there was a bit of a reunion at the end, which is pretty much what this show kind of gets remembered for. They brought back uh, Green River. And for the first time, I mean, you think of like, it seems like Green River was so long ago, but back then, you know, you're talking about you know, only only eight or nine years since since Green River had been together, which we sometimes forget at the time. But yeah, just something really cool they decided to do for the people there in Vegas. And it ended up being another one just felt like just really loose, like let's anything goes. Let's just see see what happens. Bring bring Mark Arm up on stage and he takes over. Yeah, and I think it's just really cool moments. And I think even Ed was, you know, introducing them out on the stages. He's like, you guys, this is really important that this happens. And you see Ed the whole entire time. He's in the background, and he's uh, he's shooting it on a Super 8 cam and enjoying every minute of it. So I think that we have to go with a moment here that was from the Green River set, and it was decided upon that we were going to do Swallow My Pride. So... This is the sixth inductee into the 2022 Hall of Fame. And here it is from Jeff and Stone and Mark and Steve Turner. Here is Swallow My Pride.
Okay, so we kind of mentioned the last couple were part of series that we were doing this year. And most of the series that we did were month-long series. And, you know, we did a couple, you know, like I think it was May that we did all shows that were coming up on the the May tour. And then all shows that we did in August were ones that were coming up on the September tour. So... You know, that was part of a little bit of a series, but this was kind of in between all that a little bit and in between the vaults. So we decided to do a little bit of, I believe this was June, a Forgotten States Month, where we did the five shows from states that the band had only played in once. So I believe those states were Wyoming, uh, and there were six. There was one extra that was added onto that, which was Vermont. So Wyoming, Vermont, the Dakotas, both North and South Dakota. We got Maine. And then there was this from Boise, Idaho. And this was in 2000. And this is another one, kind of like with what we were saying with Katowice. This is another eight-man show. And it's just a complete banger. And, you know, it's coming close. It's the last show that they did from that year before heading back to Seattle and and doing two pretty emotional shows back in their hometown is kind of like the year capper of sort of a culmination of everything that happened in, in that year. And this, I feel like the age old saying that, you know, you always want to be at the show before the last one. And Boise seemed to be the one that, kind of was the placement for that yeah and another really kind of overlooked one i think amongst like the kind of casual fans but this show absolutely destroys i mean this this crowd talk about again going back to the the thing that elevates a a very good or a great show to a legendary show is is a crowd and this crowd in boise is just amazing i think there's more than once where ed goes like it's really like wow you guys are blowing us away tonight i think at one point i think he says like oh we'll never not play here again and they never did hopefully hopefully boise can get another show at some point to to live up to this but my goodness this thing like yeah it's it's a it's a non-stop amazing listen from from top to bottom another one i believe we had all different answers on yeah. And it, it's really like, you know, throw, throw, it, uh, throw a dart at the board and, and you got something. But I wanted to play the Romanza intro to Better Man because it's not something that we got to talk about a whole lot. And I believe we talked about it twice this year. But this is the one that always kind of set in my mind is because I've listened to the show a ton. And this is always the one that I go back to when thinking about that little classical guitar intro there. So we're going to play both that intro into Better Man and, you know, one of the classic moments. So this is, I believe, show number seven inducted into the 2022 Hall of Fame, Boise, Idaho, from the year 2000. And here's Romanza into Better Man.
So we said early in the show that there were going to be 10 shows that were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is technically true, but we have two more that we're going to get to right here that are also going into the Hall of Fame as sort of the veteran committee votes. So if you remember, if you've been with Live on Four Legs for the last four years, you know, four coming on five now, believe it or not, then you remember that we didn't really use the ranking system as a way to, you know, take historical legendary shows and sort of put them in their proper place. We we had a little bit more of a critical eye on it. And then we kind of changed our ways a little bit as the show went on and kind of gave some of these shows sort of the attention and the honor that they deserved. But there were a lot in the very, very early stages that we did not give 10 out of 10 on both sides. And, you know, I don't think we really have an excuse for one of them, but I also think that the other was the first show that we, you and I did together. And we still, I think we're a little hesitant on, you know, the idea of like, well, is everything really a 10 out of 10? And, and this one really should have been, I believe it was like a, a nine or a nine and a half from both of us. And we were just kind of like, I think we didn't want to rock the boat that early and give a 10. And I don't know why, but you know, just sort of the, I guess the, the barrier from where we went into with this podcast as to where it all developed and evolved. But if this show was done this year, if the show was on last year, it would have been an easy 10 out of 10. So the first veteran committee, and this was all voted on, on you guys, we put up 10 shows to get nominated in. And this was easily one of them. And this one, the, both these shows were, were voted in pretty much, you, know, you can't say unanimously, but it, they kind of swept the pack here. So the first one is Soldier Field from 1995. You go back, I mean, that, I remember a lot about that being my my first episode as, as a co-host. Just a classic performance. I mean, there's so much going on at the time. Performance, be it, you know, in a stadium and just there. In, I mean, 1995, they were on such a high and to be able to pull off a show like this, just insane. And like the, again, the crowd, unbelievable. I guess, you know, we, both of these shows we're going to talk about are from Chicago. I guess we're going to have to open up a Chicago wing of the, uh, of the Hall of Fame here. But there's already a lot of Chicago that, that right. got nominated last year. That's right. But yeah, I mean, when, when it's one of those things where when you say Soldier Field, everyone knows what you're talking about. It's, it's a classic. Yeah, and it came at a time where I feel like the fans needed something big like this. It's also weirdly kind of a, you know, a passing of the torch sort of show. The last ever Grateful Dead show happened at Soldier Field about two or three days before this happened, and they got to use the same stage that the Grateful Dead left there. And it was, in a way, like you look back on it in hindsight, and it was sort of like, a passing of the torch from this band with millions and millions of followers that just went to every single show and, and what the Pearl Jam fans developed into over time, you know, even starting as, as way back as, as 1998, that they were all, that's what they turned into. Pearl Jam fans went everywhere to go see the band because they knew that if you go to one, that's not fulfilling enough. You need to go to the next one because you never know what's your, what you're going to see. 
And that Soldier Field show is just a, it's everything from top to bottom is a banger. I think one of my favorite moments from that show is just that not for you, that whole speech and, and you know, pointing up to, you know, the people up in, uh, in the suites and everything like that and the billboard thing. Yeah, it, like there are a lot of really, really cool moments from this show. And of course, you got to mention everyday people and let my love open the door yeah. uh, combo there. Brian comes out and plays with them. That's right. Yeah. Like there are a lot of magical moments that happen at that show that I think uh, you guys can are probably thinking of right now that we're, we might not even mention. So posthumous, but we are putting Soldier Field into the Hall of Fame and it's getting the acknowledgement that it deserves and the other one as you mentioned it is another chicago show that you guys voted on and it's another one that does deserve to go into the hall of fame and i i know why i didn't vote it in john you voted a 10 i voted a nine and a half because i thought that well the set list was supposed to be something better than what it was and i did think and i still think this that the encore was kind of shortened up a little bit and they were running out of time, which is obviously if if you're playing at two o'clock in the morning, you're going to run out of time. So, but I think it was just a little haphazard towards the end. And that's probably what cut me off at the time from a 10 and a nine and a half. We do the show today and it's an easy 10, but Wrigley from 2013, you know, the one that kind of started this whole trend of doing ballparks here and really another magical show that you go back to, and you're like, you know, the rain really put a dent into things, but it's one of the most memorable aspects and the aspect that you do remember from the show. Yeah, and another one where they persisted and and came back and, you know, gave everybody the full show that they, that they came for. And, yeah, I mean, not many shows in the last, you know, 15 or 20 years you can say is like, era defining and you know i've already mentioned that with with den hog from 92 but you could say wrigley 2013 is an is an era defining show like that that changed things for them and like like i said it started off this this the ballpark era of the band and like things things were different after that yeah it absolutely deserves it yeah and it's in a way like you know the the ultimate hometown love for ed and and so many things happen you know of course with the cubs and so many cubs stories but you know the one thing i always kind of think about because a year later i believe ernie banks passed away and i always thought about that moment where ed and ernie shared the stage and i guess from what i didn't know for a while was that that was kind of his last appearance in chicago because before he passed like he was kind of you know, at that moment, he was not in the best health. So I think that might have been his last moment at Wrigley Field, which is just is just chilling to think about. And I remember, you know, obviously I'm not a Cubs fan, but I love history of baseball and I love Mr. Cub. And, you know, he's one of the greatest quotes in baseball of all time. You know, it's a beautiful day for the game. Let's play two. And it felt like you were witnessing some Wrigley Field magic when you were there that night. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they end up using Let's Play 2 for the documentary right? Uh, a couple of years later. So, yeah, absolutely. So those two are going in from the Veterans Committee, and we thank everybody for voting in on that. And, uh, yeah, there are a lot of shows that still deserve 
the praise and acknowledgement and a couple of them are still out there and i have to for next year i'm really really hoping that msg from 2003 gets in that came that was like third place i believe here so keep that in mind if you remember that you're voting for next year then keep that in mind that that that's one i'd like to talk about when it comes to this episode again all right uh back to the normal nominees i suppose we have three more of them left and we're going to get to one that we didn't cover on the actual podcast. We covered it over on Patreon. So you guys probably that listen every week but aren't contributing to Patreon, you might not have heard this one. So we did uh, the Dobbs show from Philadelphia in 1991. And that one is significant for so many reasons. You know, it's it's one they, they were playing to like 350 people. It was the first time that they were truly touring on the East Coast. And it was one of, you know, a dozen shows that Matt Chamberlain was playing with the band on. And you got to hear, you know, his just interpretation of these songs and how different it is from all the other drummers. And, you know, these are all these that got played that night are basically the only songs that all five drummers have had their hands on, you know, and that's something really kind of special when when you think about it at the end. And, you know, a lot of things happen here that you know we don't get the opportunity to i guess appreciate as much now because back then they were nothing and yeah i think it's kind of been passed down in in pearl jam lore that this was kind of one if you were there that it was it was special to be at but you know it's it's not one with a lot of it doesn't have any footage or anything like that you can sort of just imagine being being there and seeing all that was transpiring once it was going down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it made such an impression. I mean, Ed mentioned it by name 25 years later at the at the 2016 shows, talked about it. I didn't think he brought it back when, when they played Camden this year. Yeah, but yeah, the, I mean, the story is Chamberlain, just hearing the stuff that he was doing, and he only had this brief time with the band, but such an important kind of bridge to get from Crucent to Abersees that we don't ever get to talk about really. So that was, that was a really cool episode to go over and to listen to and a lot of great performances as well. I mean, it wouldn't be on this list of it, if it didn't have great performances and one, I think in particular that has, has stood out. And uh, we chose for this one. I think we were, we're, we're going with state of love and trust on this one. And for years and years and years, everybody you know, knew this as the debut of state of love and trust. But as time kind of went on a bootleg for the Boston show at city came out and that had state of love and trust on. And I believe it was only a couple nights before their show, but this is still one that, you know, a lot of deep, deep collectors have, have had knowledge of and have collected throughout the year and been passed down. So, why don't we just get into this version, the earliest, one of the earliest versions of State of Love and Trust that we have, the eighth inductee, or tenth if you're counting in another direction. Uh, we're going to go with State of Love and Trust from Dobbs, Philadelphia, 1991. <laughs> Down, grab the wheel, 
right, everybody, we got two more to go with here. And the first, we're going to go with another show from 1993. We had a little run, a very small run of festival shows that we did over the summer. And this is a show that I believe we had been looking at since about 2019 to cover. Just one from a visual aspect is just so interesting. And and they were playing in the you know, middle of the prairies in Canada where you know they almost never go back to now. And it was just this big festival that it rained, it poured, and the ground turned from grass to mud. And that's why it was dubbed Mudfest. So that's the next inductee into our Hall of Fame that we're about to talk about. Another just incredible crowd. I mean, the footage of this, you see pictures and you hear people talk about just thousands of people just going crazy for the band. I mean, a lot of people, they, you know, you're talking about way in the middle of nowhere in Manitoba in Canada and like 1993 biggest band in the world. They're coming to your, the part of your country, the part of your province. And like, you may never get to go again. So you better go and make the best of it. And just, I remember this crowd just being crazy, but seeing people getting thrown around mud everywhere. Just, just a legendary show. And also you got to think for them, it's in that, you know, very unique time where they were playing a healthy amount of versus songs and the record yep. wasn't coming out for a couple of months. So, you know, this was in August and the record came out in October. So you were getting something special, whether you knew it or not. And we are going to play one from the versus record here that both of us really enjoyed. I just remember this being just a ripper version of go. So that's what we're going to get into here. This is our ninth inductee into the 2022 hall of fame. Let's go with go from Mudfest in 1993. Thank you. 
one more left for you guys. And if you've been paying attention to the pod, this should come as no surprise because this one was last week's episode. St. Louis from this year. It's good to end on one from this year because it, it's, you know, as we mentioned, it, it's kind of a rookie show and it was a little tough to decide whether it, it should have been a 10. And I think from a personal aspect, it was easy to call it a 10. But, you know, when you're looking in an overall view of this, does it deserve to be up there with Den Hog, Unplugged, Katowice, Mudfest, those kind of shows? And, and ultimately, I think that we kind of decided this one is going to age really, really well. And a lot of it probably being because of what that crowd was like in that room. I, I do want to mention before, before I get into St. Louis a little bit, you know, we, we always, we always like to get in some stats for the, uh, for the stat nerds out there. We, all these shows that previously that we talked about up from, from Berlin up through, uh, Mudfest all took place before July. We were on a really good run of like every three or four weeks we were hitting one, we were hitting one, we were hitting one. And then once we got to July, I don't know if like we got more selective or the shows like, but, but we didn't hit on one up until last week, like you mentioned with St. Louis. So there was like a three or four month drought there, but I'm looking at this and there were there were eight shows in that time period that one of us gave a 10 to the other one didn't. So a lot of near misses there. So a lot can going forward for the, uh, for the veterans committee to look at in the next, next few years. I think some of those might, uh, might end up getting in, but we'll have to see. But um, St. Louis again. Yeah. The crowd just blew me away. Uh, That that was the thing we, we talked about and being in that building, from the from the first couple of songs just being like wow like something something magical is happening here and for it to be i think the third night of three in a row that like i did not expect it to be like that um really just added to it and added to the the specialness and the band really wanted to make it a one to remember and yeah just all in all being we've talked about that as one of the one of the best shows of this year and everything that went on this year that's that's definitely saying something that's high praise agreed yeah and i think from the aspect of it just being the last one that both of us went to out of our runs and you know the the day in itself was such a kind of a wonderful day to be around the community and, you know, good stuff all happening and meeting people that it just sort of all came together and we got, you know, a show that really stood out. And, you know, sometimes you kind of think like a Sunday night show, like, okay, maybe Sunday nights, it's not going to be the one you're looking at like a Friday show, like Nashville. Maybe that one's the one because it's Friday. They haven't been back to Nashville in a very long time. And a lot of people thought that Jack White would come in and, and perform something with them. And he didn't. And, you know, Nashville was a good show. I got nothing against Nashville, but I don't know if it exceeded those expectations that a lot of people thought it would. However, St. Louis, you know, as you mentioned last week, it was kind of sandwiched in this weird spot where... You know, the two shows that happened before it were consecutive and it was all going to be back to back to back thing. And we cut you kind of all, you know, this, this mostly you, I, I thought a little bit in, in my mind, but you know, we thought that maybe Ed's voice wouldn't hold up for this yep. and it happened to be just fine as we found out. 
So I think it is only appropriate to end on a gigaton song here as the last moment that will get inducted. And we're going to go with retrograde as the one. This retrograde version is just powerful. It elevates and it takes you to that big, big moment at a Pearl Jam show. And, you know, I can't wait to see this again some point in the future. It's just going to get that crowd roaring again. So as the last inductee into the 2022 Hall of Fame, it's it only happened a couple months ago, but it's already in the Hall of Fame. St. Louis, 2022, here is Retrograde.
All right, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Those are the 10 new nominees. Why don't we run them down one more time since it's not a list of 230 people, so it'll be easier to run this one down. So once again, recapping it all for you, Berlin from 2009. Den Hog from 1992, MTV Unplugged from 1992, Katowice, Poland from 2000, Great Western Forum from 1998, Aladdin Theater from 1993, Boise, Idaho from 2000, Mudfest in Gimli, Manitoba, Canada from 1993, Dobbs from Philadelphia, 1991, St. Louis, 2022. Wrigley Field 2013 as one of the veteran committee vote-ins, as well as Soldier Field 1995. What do you think about this year's slate? Oh, solid. I mean, a classic show after classic show. I mean, you look at this list, I mean, there's there's the ones that were absolutely no-brainers. You look at Den Hog, Unplugged, Vegas, uh, but then there's ones that kind of snuck in there. You know, Boise, St. Louis, you know, Great Western Forum. So I think I think we uh, I think we covered everything. We got a good got a good mix there. There's it's not all there's you know, there's some from the later era, some from the early era, some from the middle. So I think yeah, I think this is a solid list. Definitely. Yeah, definitely proud of this. And I was going back through the other ones if you missed it from last year and what are what are some of the other shows that are in our Hall of Fame? And I'll just run them down real quick. Uh, Fox Theater Atlanta from 1994. We got Moline, of course, from 2014. We got Now Soldier Field is in. Pink Pop from 1992. That is a pretty obvious one from for getting in. How about MSG from 2010? A legendary show there. Pink Pop from 2000. That also got in. And we got, we, this is as we nominated a new Wrigley show in, this is not the first Wrigley show that got in because the night two from 2016, that got inducted last year. That Chicago wing. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And it, and there's going to be another one in, in just a second or two. Mm-hmm. How about Ben Arroyo? That one seems like the lock of the century. That one's in from Las Vegas, of course, 2000 where they did their anniversary show. That one's in. Nassau Coliseum, Uniondale from 2003, the Bush Leaguer show, that one's in. Let's uh, talk about our only, maybe our only one from South America that's in right now. I believe it is the only one. Buenos Aires from 2013. But we do have one from Mexico City, too. So we're getting that, you know, Latin America, Central America, South America territory there. And the show is Mexico City from 2003, the third of the three nights where we got a little stone Gossard birthday celebration on that. How about Mural Amphitheater in 1991? How about Drop in the Park from 1992? Melbourne 1998, a pretty classic show there. Another in the Chicago wing from the Metro in 1992, where U2 was scouting that night. Leeds 2014, an excellent show. One of the best from the latter era of Pearl Jam. Red Rocks Amphitheater from 1995. Of course, that's got to go in. Key Arena from 2000, part of the Seattle series that we did last year. Philadelphia, the 10 show from 2016. That one is part. And only one of the shows from PJ 20 is in. That's the night two show. That one really felt like the celebratory moment. Randall's Island, 
no doubt about it. That one is a Hall of Famer. And I believe the only other one that was a Patreon one is the off-ramp from 1990. So those are all of your Hall of Famers. At some point, the hope is that we can make a little wing of the website that kind of honors this and, you know, where you can click in and kind of read some episode captions or something like that, or at least kind of put a gold plate somewhere that says, you know, uh, Hall of Fame show or something. So... Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. We'll figure something out. But until then, we have a big slate of shows coming for you in 2023. We're very excited about it. And you know what? I would usually tease you into what would be the first episode of the year. I'm going to keep this a complete secret because it's not something that we've thought about doing. And it kind of came up and we said, all right, now's the time to do it. It's something a little bit different. So if you're looking forward to chiming in for the next week on the podcast, you'll hear something that you might not have even expected that we would ever do. So have that in mind. And that's it for this one. That's it for this year. Thanks, everybody, for supporting and enjoying what we have had to offer you from 2022. And there will be a lot more to come in 2023. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, miss you already. Miss you always. See you next year. Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year.